What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're talking all about masculine and feminine energy, but this is the business edition. So if you're familiar with masculine and feminine energetics, that's okay, because we're going to be talking specifically about how this plays out in business. So if you are someone who's a content creator, an influencer, a coach, you're building an online business of some kind, this is going to be relevant for you. What I'm basically going to be sharing is my sort of take on on how masculine and feminine energy shows up in business and also some of my experiences on both sides of this spectrum being really in the masculine energy really in the feminine and what i've come to understand about what it means to have a balance of both and it's probably not what you expect so let's just dive right into it shall we welcome to the makeshift happen podcast I'm your host, Samantha Daly, entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. question that I get a lot from my business students is how can I integrate more feminine energy into my business? And the reason why this question comes up a lot or tends to come up a lot in business is because if you are running an online business, if you're a coach, let's say, and you know, you've built a business, you have a social media presence, you have a personal brand, you have programs, you have clients, you're making money, you're starting a podcast, you're doing all these things you are going to be spending a large percentage of your time on a daily basis, on a weekly basis in your masculine energy, because masculine energy is required in order to build a business. This is why a lot of times people who are really in their feminine energy will struggle a lot at the start of their business to really gain traction and get things moving and build the sort of foundations that are required in order for business to then kind of take off and become naturally easier later on. They don't even get to that point because it's so challenging for them at the start if they're really in their feminine energy, because you you need that masculine energy in order to kickstart your business. You need the ambition. You need to be hungry. You need the drive. You need to want to work. You need to be willing to put in the hours. And so a lot of my clients who are established coaches online, they've spent a lot of time in that masculine energy. They've built the foundations. They've built personal brands. They've built audiences. They have six-figure businesses or they're approaching six figures. And so they've already put in a lot of this masculine energy and they're starting to wonder like, okay, I feel like I need a deep breath in my life and in my business. And that deep breath would feel like feminine energy, but I'm not sure how to sustain everything that I've already been working towards and building and maintain it and keep it running and not just running at the same level, but also growing while integrating that feminine energy. So I think this is like the conundrum that a lot of business owners run into is, can I really integrate more feminine energy into my business and continue to grow and prosper and create 
and call and attract more clients or, you know, build more abundance or build bigger wealth or whatever it is. Right. And so I get this question a lot of like, how can I integrate more feminine energy? And we'll talk about that in a second. But the problem, the biggest problem that I see when we're asking this question of how can I integrate feminine energy is that it's often coming from these women that have already spent a lot of time in their masculine. So they're very uh, seasoned (laughs) masculine energy people. And so the way that they ask the question is almost like they want a specific answer of like, tell me what I can do. Give me a task. Like, what am I supposed to be doing that would be considered feminine energy? Tell me, Sam, give me a list. When should I do it? How many times a week? What should it look like? And basically what's happening there is that you're trying to get to the feminine in a masculine way which is really funny. And a lot of us do this, even if it's not in business, but a lot of us do this. If you're just naturally have a lot of masculine energy and that's sort of like how you live your life is in that kind of like push control plan, make the lists, like make all the plans for everybody in my life or my family or know how everything's going to happen. If that's where you sit in life and in relationships too, it can be challenging of like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do then to be in my feminine? But feminine energy is not really about what you do, right? Feminine energy is about how you be. It's about who you are. It's about your essence. Okay. Masculine energy is about what you do. So if you're asking me the question, how can I integrate more feminine energy? And you're expecting me to give you a task or to give you a list or to give you an activity and to tell you to do this activity X amount of times per week for X amount of hours. That's just more masculine energy. Even if the task is something like meditating or taking a dance class or doing some embodiment work, those things that could be considered, yes, feminine in essence, you're still going to be approaching them and trying to put them into your life and into your schedule in a masculine way. So it's sort of like defeating the purpose, right? And so I had this epiphany the other day. I was on a call with my group in Abundant and Ambitious, and we were talking about this exact theme. And I had this epiphany where I was like, you know what? It's feminine energy, like how I integrate that into my life and in my business actually has nothing to do with anything that I do. It's not an activity at all. I can't sit here and tell you like, yeah, meditate in the mornings and that will make you more feminine in your business. I mean, I don't know, maybe for you, that would be it. But for me, I don't have to do anything to integrate feminine energy because doing is inherently masculine. Like we just spoke about the feminine energy comes into my business through me, through me being the leader, through me being the CEO, through me being the guide and being the overall presence of my business. That's how the feminine energy pours into the business. It's through me and who I'm being and who I naturally am. Right. And so I'll explain this a little bit more. What I do in my business is masculine, right? Making lists, planning content, scheduling things in my calendar, tracking money, projecting income, prepping launches, SOPs, managing my team, delegating, pitching, selling, planning podcast episodes, marketing, taking action. All of that is masculine in nature. Business itself is quite masculine in nature. Yeah. And so who I am in my business is where the feminine comes into play. It's not what I do. It's who I am, right? Making intuitive based decisions guiding my clients from a heart-centered place, taking care of my own energy, trusting that things will work out, 
integrating my spiritual practices into my teachings and my programs and how I operate as a leader in business, not needing to force outcomes, but leaning on my belief system instead and turning up my natural magnetism in order to attract the results I desire. Who I am naturally at my core is feminine in nature. And so I don't have to do anything or add any practices or add any activities into my business in order to integrate more feminine energy because I am the feminine energy in my business. I am the feminine essence. And then all of the things that I have to do as a business owner, like I just outlined, that's where the masculine comes in. The business like to-dos themselves are quite masculine. So it's about who you be while you are doing those things is the way that I see it in terms of integrating the feminine. And I don't know that I've heard anyone else talk about feminine and masculine energy in business in this way. Um, I really just hear people kind of talk about like, you know, meditating and taking a dance class and having free time and all that stuff, which is yes. Okay. Those things can evoke your feminine essence. Sure. But I think for business owners who are, naturally skilled in the masculine way of doing things, they don't actually need more to-dos. And sometimes we discount all of the feminine energy that actually already lives in our business. So I think sometimes the problem is less about like, how do I integrate more feminine energy? And it's about not shitting on yourself so much and thinking that you're so much in the masculine just because you run a business. And a lot of the stuff that you have to do is quite masculine, but remembering like, yeah, actually who I am at my core and my belief systems and how I operate in business is totally feminine. And so maybe that's what it is for you. I know that's what it was for me in many ways. It was like, I actually already have the feminine and something or someone or some podcast or some something out there just made me think one day like, oh, I'm so masculine because I work a lot. And because I, you know, have all of these like things to do. And I like to make lists. Um, so yeah, a big a big thing that I speak about with the women that come on my retreats, we do a whole workshop on masculine and feminine energy. Um not not so much as it relates to business, but just like life and relationships and dating and and so many other things. And one important piece of what we talk about in that workshop is this this way that we can tend to demonize one of these energies. Usually it's the one that we think that we have too much of. And so then we create this story of like, oh, I'm too in my feminine. And, and they, these are all the ways that it messes me up. Or I'm just, I'm way too in my masculine. And these are all the ways that it messes me up. And by actually creating that story that you're too much of one thing and that it's a bad thing for you and that you just, oh my God, it would be so much better if I could just be more feminine. That's actually part of the problem. Like that story that you're telling yourself is what's blinding you from being able to see all the ways that you actually already are in your feminine. So I hope that this helps you. If that resonates, um, I hope that this lands for you. I know that it did for a lot of the women inside of um, A&A when we had this conversation on one of our calls. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into this and share with you my kind of background and my story of going from hypermasculine to integrating the feminine, and then actually feeling like I was kind of in that like chaotic feminine a bit, which I was sort of blind to, because I always had that story again of like, I'm too masculine that I couldn't even see that I actually was being really fucking feminine at that point, And it was throwing me off. Um, and to now kind of like 
finding this version of balance and what it looks like for me. And a lot of that is what I just explained to you. It's about creating a different story for yourself and and realizing, Hey, like maybe I actually already do have these two energies at play. And maybe I've just created this idea that it's you know, the wrong ratio or that I need more or less of something. And what if that weren't actually true at all? Um, sometimes it's true, but also sometimes it's not. So it's, we have to have the self-awareness to be able to investigate that for ourselves. So anyway, let's take it back a little ways, um, getting into when I was really in my hypermasculine phase and kind of like heading towards burnout. And so when I was in this phase of my business, these were like the early days of business, right? I had no days off from calls in my calendar. If you wanted to book a call with me, whether it was a one-on-one call or any of my program calls or a sales call, like the links to my calendar, it was just, you could book any day, Monday to Friday, any time slot, fill it in. And then I would have to, you know, just see my calendar for that week and, and show up. And I, there is nothing that gives me more nightmares now than thinking about going back to that place, (laughs) having no days, like just every, people can contact you on any day of the week. Absolutely not. I can't function like that. But at that time, that's how I was working because I was hungry, right? I wanted people to book sales calls with me. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to get on the phone. And I think that's important. Let this be known you cannot always follow the business advice from someone who is at a very different stage of business than you. So you need to make sure that, you know, if I'm speaking about something at a place in my business where, you know, it's multiple six figures headed towards a seven figure mark. And I'm saying like, oh, I don't take sales calls anymore, or people can't contact me every day of the week. It's not to immediately say, oh, it's day one of your business. You should adopt that. And you should do that from day one. Cause that would be better for you. Absolutely not. And I see way too much of this happening, especially in the coaching industry. You're following these coaches that are like way further ahead of where you are. And they're talking about these like high level things. And you're assuming that that is the advice that you need to take right now at the start of your business. And that's not always the case. So we do have to be really discerning in what feels like it's a fit for us. And also just thinking about like, what is the phase that you're in? Because maybe you want to take calls every day. Because again, like I was, I was hungry and I wanted people to contact me and I wanted to get on sales calls and I wanted to you know, sell as many things as I could and get more clients and change more lives and do all of that. So that was working for me at the time, but I digress. Okay. Going back. So no days off from calls on my calendars. I was working like 12 hours, 12 hour days. Um, I was at my computer until like 10 PM. A lot of times, sometimes 11 PM, I would forget to eat regularly. I would forget to get up and like take a break or like go outside. There were days where I was just in my bedroom in Madrid at the desk, like all fucking day. And then I'd be like, oh my God, it's 11 PM. Shit. Like I haven't done anything. I haven't even moved my body or meditated or walked outside or eaten lunch or anything. Um, but I was growing very quickly. And so I had this kind of momentum and it was this drive to keep going. And I was making a lot of money at, at that point for me. I was just it was giving me that fuel of like, okay, this is working. Oh my gosh, like more clients. This is so cool. This is so amazing, right? Um, at the time I was doing everything manually myself. So any any email that need to, needed to be sent, onboarding clients, like anything ever, it was just like I was the person behind the computer doing everything manually myself. I was operating every launch from scratch. So every time I wanted to relaunch my signature program, I would create a whole new masterclass with a whole new email sequence, with new social media posts, with new content, new emails, like all new everything all the time. 
And also that's shocking and terrifying to me right now, <laughs> like where I am in business. I can't imagine ever going back to doing that. But again, I wanted everything to be fresh. I didn't want people to get sick of what I was sharing. I wanted things to be new. And sometimes that's valuable. Yeah. And at this time I had no assistant. Um, I had no one helping me in my business from the time that I was earning $0 to pretty much, yeah, it was after I was already hit the six figure mark before I ended up getting an assistant. So I had no help. It was all me. Um, and also I was offering one-on-one calls with every single person who is joining my courses. So not only did I have like separate one-on-one clients, I also had my course from Burnt Out to Badass, but all the people that were joining from Burnt Out to Badass got three to four one-on-one calls with me, depending on if they did like paid in full and they were a VIP, I think then they got four extra, they got four calls with me. So this one round of From Burnt Out to Badass, I remember this so vividly because this was like, this was the round where I crossed the six-figure mark. It was a full year in my business, and I had just joined a mastermind to like level up everything and really start to like figure out the feminine energy because I really needed that. But this specific round of From Burnt Out to Badass, I launched it. It was a super successful launch. We had 27 people join the program, and almost all of them joined as a VIP, meaning they paid in full up front. And so they got those four one-on-one calls with me so that if you do the math, that means it was 27 people <laughs> times four one-on-one calls. I ended up having like 90 one-on-one calls in my calendar in 90 days. Obviously I didn't work on the weekend. So, but it was just like, it was way too much. And so that's right when I joined this mastermind and it was, the mastermind was all about feminine leadership. Right. And I was talking to my coach Mel, like, okay, my business is doing so great. I just crossed six figures, but like, clearly I need help because I am heading towards burnout. If I keep doing everything the same way that I'm doing it right now, it's not going to work for much longer. Right. And so during that year of being in that mastermind, I learned so much about feminine energetics and feminine leadership and, all the different ways that I, that I could run my business to help it be more sustainable and also more joyful and fulfilling for me. And it was so incredibly helpful based on where I was at that time. Right. And so some things that I learned in that next phase of my journey of kind of integrating the feminine was I created way more white space in my calendar. I had like three full days where I didn't have any calls, no sales calls, no program calls, no one-on-one calls. It's just like, those are my work days. I plug in things that I need to do for the business on those days, but I don't have to speak to anybody. And I, I love that. I also hired my first assistant and, you know, started getting help and support in my business, which was monumental and life-changing in and of itself. I created more automations so that certain things like emails and onboarding and all the things that I mentioned prior that I was just had to do them manually every time. Now those could be automated and they were just running in the background without me having to think about it or type it out or click send, right? And then I built my rinse and repeat launch strategy, which is something that I teach my clients. And this helps free up so much mental space and release the overwhelm that comes with launching. And I think, you know, a lot of people get really, they do their first launch and they're exhausted at the end of it, or they're overwhelmed and they're like, oh my God, that was so much work. 
I don't even know if I want to do that again. And so for me, it was really important to build like a rinse and repeat system so that I'm not doing everything new every single time. And that it's actually so stress-free and like so easy. It's just like, we do all the same things. It's all already done. It's already written. We just duplicate, copy, paste, repeat it. Right. And it, and it works. Um, And then another thing that I did was I transitioned into group coaching. So like I mentioned, I had courses like from Burnt Out to Badass, but they were still attached with this like hybrid model of like, it was a course that you were going through, but you also got one-on-one calls with me. And so instead of doing that model, because I had too many people joining those programs to support that anymore, right? If if you have over 20 or 30 people doing that, that's way too many one-on-one clients to have calls with you. And so I transitioned those into a group coaching format. And that was amazing because, you know, so many women that like sometimes come on those calls and they don't even know like what to ask or like, they're like, I I know I I want to learn, but like, I don't necessarily know how to formulate this question or how to start the conversation. It was so helpful because we could just popcorn back and forth. And, and so I think people ended up actually getting even more out of it because not only could they ask personalized questions if they had them, but also they were hearing from all these other women and the other women were bringing conversation topics to the table that they were like, oh my God, yes. Okay. That resonates with me. Like, I see how that fits into my life. Like so glad that they talked about that because I would have never thought myself to like bring that up, but it was amazing to hear their perspective and Sam's perspective. And, and so the group thing really worked for them. And it of course really worked for me because it freed up a lot of time in my calendar. Instead of having 90 one-on-one calls, I could just have a couple of these group coaching sessions. Right. And then another thing that I did during this phase of, of integrating the feminine was that I stopped taking sales calls for most of my offers. So prior to this, I would take sales calls for anything that anyone wanted to buy from me. And that was just how it was. And again, that works really well at the beginning. And this is not... This is not me saying that you should not take sales calls, okay? Discernment with where the advice is coming from and what phase of business you're at. Um, But at that phase, I was ready to transition away from sales calls and I didn't need to rely on them, especially for things like group programs that had already built, you know, such... um, such like a brand, there was a brand awareness around these programs because I had run them many times and there was social proof and so many testimonials and people were on the wait list and they were already wanting them. There's no reason for me to need to get on the phone with every single person when they were clear about wanting to join and they could just go click the purchase button on their own, right? So the only thing that I really still do sales calls nowadays for in my business is for my one-on-one business mentorship. And the reason for that is because it's a significant investment and it's long-term mentorship. So it's six to 12 months. We have to spend a lot of time together. We kind of need to feel each other out and make sure that we vibe together and that we want to hang out (laughs) for six to 12 months, right? That's like really, really important for both parties, I think. So there's that. So that was my journey of like integrating the feminine. Now, again, about this like discernment piece, one thing that I will say that I noticed that I witnessed while I was in that mastermind was all of this information was super helpful to me because I was in the right space to receive it. I had been in that hyper-masculine phase and that's who this mastermind was designed for. It was really designed for that woman who was in her hustle era and built a successful business, but now wanted to figure out how can I make this work for me long-term? How can I make this more sustainable, more joyful, more relaxed? But what I witnessed was that there were a lot of people in that group that 
they weren't in a phase of their business where that information was helpful to them. They were actually in a phase of their business or their life, or that's just how they always were. I don't know that they were very much already in their feminine. They were in the visionary phase. They were always coming up with so many ideas, but really struggling to execute on them. And they had all these plans for courses and programs and so many things that they wanted to do. And they were dreaming about these things and they were, you know, doing all these practices and they had these beautiful rituals and but then they were like, I'm not executing. I'm not taking action. Like I really want to, to build this business or make this bigger, but I can't get myself to do the things. And that mastermind was not for that type of woman. Cause we were just learning how to be more in the feminine. So for all the people that joined that were like already very much in their feminine, and then they got more feminine energetics. It was like so unhelpful to their businesses because what they actually needed at that time was structure and strategy and tough love and action taking and, you know, being goal oriented and like figuring it the fuck out and like sitting down and being like, this is what we're going to do. And so I noticed like those people didn't really get results um, and they didn't really see much change for them. And that's not the mastermind's fault. That's again, as the consumer, we need to actually do our research and figure out what is this program that I'm interested in about? And is it actually going to serve me and my business? The energy that I'm in right now, is it teaching me something that I'm lacking and that I need? Or is it just an amplification of something that I already like and enjoy? And that's why I'm drawn to it, but it's not actually going to challenge me and it's not actually going to help me. So I think that's really important too, when you're thinking about your own, um, your own journey of like, you know, getting inside programs or hiring mentors. It's like, there's, uh, there's a different phase and a different time for different types of coaches to come into your life and help facilitate change for you. And if you were where I was in the hypermasculine, then maybe you don't really need like a structure strategy, you know, organization action-based type program or coach. You need that like feminine energetic side. Um, but if you're like way off into the feminine realm of like being the, the visionary and you have so many creative ideas, but you're never executing and not taking action, please do not join like a, you know, feminine leadership or feminine energy program because it's not going to be helpful for you. You already got that. You already have that. You already know how to do that. You need to learn how to do the other thing, right? So this is where, um, in, I think I would say like Throughout 2022, I started to notice this happen. And 2022 was a major year for me, just like personally in general, because so much was going on, right? Um, moving to the US, then um, immigration stuff with my partner, um, buying a home, buying a car, moving states, transferring my LLC, so many things, right? it was a huge year in my life personally. And so there was a lot going on. Um, and also the business did incredibly well, like the, the overall revenue and sales in 2022 was over $400,000. So the business continued to grow and, you know, more than double its annual income. And so there was still a lot of progress. It's not to say that there wasn't progress. Of course there was, it was, it was a great year. It was an incredible year, both, both personally and professionally. But what I noticed was there were 
places where I started to see myself kind of going into that chaotic feminine, right? So I had spent a year in the the space of like integrating all, all the feminine leadership stuff that was so helpful to me, delegating, hiring an assistant, creating automations, like making space in my calendar, having more mental clarity, like not taking sales calls. All that stuff was amazing for my business. And I still have it today because it's really important for me. But what I noticed was I found myself like starting to waste a lot of time. And so I would like do things like I would wake up late and like later than I had planned, later than I had set my alarm for. And I would, the the things that I think sometimes can be true, I just knew from a self-awareness place that they were becoming excuses for me. So I would tell myself things like, oh, I deserve it. I deserve to sleep in. Like I'm, I'm doing so well. Like I'm supporting my whole family. Like this is mm, whatever, right? My body needs rest. I'm my own boss. This is why I have my own business. And sometimes those things are true and sometimes they're an excuse. And so I was noticing that though I was starting to give myself those excuses and reasons to like not show up in the way or in the capacity that I knew that I was capable of. Right. And so because I had so much open space to be creative quote unquote, let's put air quotes around that. I was like, oh my God, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is like no calls. I have all this space, like be creative and, you know, bang out any tasks that need to get done. That wasn't actually, I wasn't actually utilizing that time for those things. So what would happen is it would all get procrastinated until the last minute of the free time window anyway. So I would still end up feeling rushed and then unproductive at the end of the day, even though I had so much free time, but it's like, I ate away at so much of that free time by being distracted, quite frankly. So I would, I would spend like hours sitting at my desk, quote unquote, working, but most of it was really me like getting distracted by things like, you know, so many tabs were open and I would just go over and I'd be like, oh, let me check on this thing. And, oh, let me see how the money's doing over here. But it wasn't what I had planned to do. So then all the things that I had planned to do, I would get to the end of the day and be like, oh my God, I didn't even like do any of the things that I said that I wanted to do. And that's a horrible feeling. And half the time of me sitting at my desk would also be like distractions, like social media and, you know, answering, I would, you know, open my phone to like answer a DM. And then I would go into like a 30, 40 minute, like black hole, you know how that happens. And so I would still end up like feeling at the end of the day, like, rushed and oh my gosh, like I have all these things to do still. And how is this possible? Because I had the whole day free and I should have gotten so much done. And then it was also this other layer of guilt because it was like, okay, I didn't even get the things done that I said I wanted to do, but I could have just then like taken the day off. Right. And that would have been better for my soul. It would have been better for my creativity. It would have been better for my life to not be at this desk and to have just taken this day off and went out and, you know, gone shopping or taking myself to the beach or done or gone to a yoga class or done something. Right. So I ended up at the end of the day being like, oh, I could have taken this whole day off because I didn't get my tasks done, but I didn't. Instead, I sat at the desk and felt like I was quote unquote working, but I didn't get any of the work done. And this is the chaotic feminine, right? Like the shadow side of feminine energy, the unhealthy feminine is chaos. It's a lack of organization. It's a lack of structure. And it's like, things just are all over the place and you don't really know what's happening. And for some people, when they go into the chaotic feminine, they're not making money. And so it can become really frustrating. So I noticed these little things starting to pop up in my business because I had, you know, 
integrated a lot of that feminine energy. I started to notice, okay, it's going a little too far now. And I can see how it's showing up in unhealthy ways. And it's not actually giving me the results that I want. And it's not actually making me feel good either. And so that's why this year in 2020, 2023, I'm finding my own version of balance and taking what I learned from both ends of this spectrum and making it fit me, how I work best and what phase of life I am in right now. And so hopefully listening to this is going to help you figure that out for yourself because You can't take where I am now and plaster it on top of where you are now, if that's a totally different place in the journey, but you can take my experience and, you know, the foresight of like, what could happen if you go down these too far down either of these paths and start to figure out for yourself and how you know that you work and how you want to feel in your business and integrate those two things in a way that feels healthy for you. So this year I'm, you know, making a conscious effort to cancel out some of those like chaotic feminine things by setting my alarm at the same time every day and making an effort to wake up at the same time. I'm also reprioritizing movement and I've been doing my reset challenge. I did that at the start of the year um, with all the girls that you know, joined the reset challenge this year. I did it alongside them. So we moved, meditated and did manifestation challenges every single day for 10 days of the new year. And that really got me back into, yeah, just like this structure of like waking up and moving my body and then getting into work. And I'm working on my own personal boundaries with work because that's where I struggle the most. I know my motivation style, which is something that I teach in from burnt out to badass. I know that I'm an obliger. So I'm really motivated by external um, consequences, rewards, and expectations of other people. But if I just say that I want to do something, I'm not going to necessarily like show up for it. If I say that I'm going to go to the gym at six, it's very likely that I won't make it there until eight or never. (laughs) Right. But if, you know, I had paid for a class or better yet, if I had to guide a class, I would be there. Right. Because it depends on other people. So knowing things like that about myself is just helping me implement different strategies and some more structure and, and help me follow the personal boundaries that I set for myself. Another way that I've realized this in business is with content. I used to just create content like in flow on a whim. I wasn't, I've never been a content calendar person. I never scheduled out posts. I never was like, okay, this week, these are all the things that I'm going to post about that just felt kind of like inauthentic. And it was hard for me to like create from that space of like planning ahead, like so far ahead. Um, And so I would just like every day I'd be like, okay, like, what do I feel like? And what do I want to post? But then that became chaotic as well, because it would be like 10 PM and I'd be like, oh my God, what am I going to post? I have no ideas left in my brain because I just worked a whole day and I have no thoughts left and I can't think of anything. And now I'm stressed and I feel like I'm in a hurry. And so then it would lead me to not really posting that often on my feed. I was really consistent with stories, but like really inconsistent in the feed. And so Uh, in 2023, I was like, we're fixing that and we're creating a structure because where there is chaos, it means we need more structure. We need more strategy. So what I do now is on Fridays, I set a block of time in my calendar where I come up with the ideas for my content that I want 
for the next week, just the next week. I'm never going to be capable of doing this for a whole month. Like that makes me want to kill myself right now, but maybe that works for you if you like planning that far ahead. But I just think about what is for the next week. And so I sit down and I come up with those ideas and that's it. That's all I have to do on Friday is just come up with the ideas. And so I, of course I think about like, are any programs launching? Is, is there anything that I'm selling? Like, is there anything that I'd like to promote? And then otherwise, what is my energy? What's my vibe? What kind of conversations have I been having with my clients? What are some ideas of things that I can share from a content lens to provide value to my audience? I just come up with those ideas. I make a bullet pointed list in my notes app and that happens on Fridays. Then on Mondays, it's creation time. So Monday is notoriously my most motivated day of the week. If you relate to that, I would say capitalize on that. So the thing that was hardest for me to stay consistent with was content. So of course, Mondays then had to become content days because I'm the most motivated on that day. And because I've already come up with all the ideas on Friday, I'm not going to waste a bunch of time scrolling through Instagram, telling myself that I'm coming up with ideas and that I'm getting inspiration. And then I'm actually just on Instagram for two hours. I already have the ideas. I already know what I'm going to create. I've already saved the sounds. I already know what I'm planning to film. So I just sit down and I film all the videos and this does take me several hours. Hopefully I'll get faster at it, but for now I'm fine with it because it works. And then I have reels and posts and things for the whole week. And then we just rinse and repeat that. So these are ways, just little examples of like, you know, noticing where you might be too far in the masculine and like reining it back in or creating some space for yourself. And same on the other side of the spectrum, noticing ways that you're maybe too far into the feminine and being like, okay, there needs some structure or there needs to be some structure or some strategy around this because clearly what I'm doing, how I'm quote unquote flowing with it (laughs) is not working. The flow is not actually creating anything. It's not building results. It's just not going and it's not making me feel good because it's not going in the direction that I want it to be going in anyway. Right. So the last thing that I'll share with you guys is the analogy that I always use to explain masculine and feminine energy. And I find this to be really helpful for my students. And this is very, very simple, but can be profound if it helps you see how this shows up in your life in a deeper way. So masculine and feminine energy is like water in a glass. Okay. You're holding a glass and it has water inside. That is the combination of masculine and feminine energy. The glass is the masculine. It's the structure. It's the strategy. It's the planning. It's the goal setting. It's the scaffolding. It's the skeleton of your life, right? The water inside is the feminine. That is the flow. It's the ease. It's the creativity. It's the pleasure. It's the fun. It's the joy. It's the play. Right. And so we, we need both of those things to live a truly fulfilled life. So we can't have just the water and we can't have just the glass. We actually need to have both. And so the way that you can think about this is like, imagine your life or your business without the water, without the water, all you have is a glass, which means your life and your business is empty. It's void of pleasure. It's void of fun, of joy, of play, of all of the things that bring us happiness and fulfillment, true happiness and fulfillment, right? So you can't have just the structure and the strategy and the goals. You can't have just the glass. And then if you were to imagine your life with just the water, no glass, right? Without the glass, you just have water that's being poured all over the floor. So basically, your life and your business is 
a mess, quite literally, because it's void of structure, it's void of plans, it's void of goals, it's void of a roadmap of where you're meant to be going. And it's just water all over the place. And so even though the water is the pleasure and the fun and the joy, those things don't actually feel good to you if you also have the guilt of, okay, I'm doing all these things that are supposed to feel good, but I'm still unfulfilled because I wish I were growing. I wish I were progressing. I wish that I were making an impact. I wish that I were making more money, right? So we can't have one without the other. You have the glass and you have the water and it's about finding what that balance is for you. And to go back to my point at the very beginning of this episode about you know, the way that we kind of like demonize one of these energies for ourselves of whatever one we have more of. I think also the idea of balancing masculine and feminine energies is skewed because people expect themselves to be 50-50. They expect themselves to be perfectly half and half. And I don't think that's really what this is ever going to look like right? And so understanding what your core essence is, what your most natural energy is, and knowing that you have a certain amount of that, and it's probably going to be more than the other energy. And that's okay. So your split, your balance might be 60-40. It might be 70-30. And it doesn't matter which one is bigger or smaller, but what matters is that you have both and that you've found a ratio that complements who you are, what your natural essence is. It's helping you grow. It's helping you progress. You feel fulfilled and you feel productive. If you can do that, it doesn't matter if you're perfectly 50-50. You don't need to be straight down the middle, perfectly the same amount masculine as the same amount feminine. And I think that throws people off too. When they're like, oh, I'm so much more in my masculine they create this story that they need to do all kinds of work and they need to get rid of some of the beautiful parts of their masculine energy. There's nothing bad about masculine energy. You need that. You need that. And same goes for feminine. There's nothing wrong with feminine energy. We don't demonize it as like, oh, it's, it's laziness or it's, um, you know, it's unproductive or it's just all over the place or never executing. It's not. There's so many incredible things about feminine energy that bring you your capacity to hold a bigger vision, that bring the creativity and the life force into your business and into your relationships. It brings so much beauty. It brings so much pleasure. It brings so much energy into your life and your business. And so you need that. And understanding that both things are beautiful, both are sacred, both are needed. And you don't need to be 50-50, but you do just have to find a way to integrate both that feels right for you and also that feels right for the phase of life that you are in, right? So what I said about 2023 being like me really feeling like I found an, I found my groove of you know, integrating both ends of this spectrum in a way that fits for me, how I personally work best and what phase of life I'm in right now. That's an important piece of this puzzle too, is like, what phase of life are you in? If you really are like, I'm in, I'm in my hustle era. Like I'm so hungry right now. I'm so excited about my goals. I'm obsessed with like what I'm creating. I want to build this business. I want to do this thing. And you're ready to be like 80 masculine, 20 feminine, then go for it. That works for this season. And it's all about just adapting to the seasons of life. And then you will reach a point where you're like, okay, that got me so far and it was fucking amazing. And I crushed all these goals. And now I want more ease. I want a little bit more 
flow. I want to take a little bit of a step back. I want to return to myself. I want to integrate some of that feminine. And so you get to readjust for the phase that you're in. When, when women move into motherhood as entrepreneurs or business owners, naturally that becomes a phase of their life and of their business where the feminine increases because now motherhood, of course, is going to be their main priority. And so it's like, what phase of life are you in right now? And instead of making yourself wrong and thinking that you always need to be 50, 50, just do what's working for you right now and what feels good for you now. And having that like other little piece of the opposite end of the spectrum that still supports you, but not feeling like it has to be perfectly equal. Right. And so if we think about masculine and feminine energy as a pendulum, which I always give this metaphor as well, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves all the way over on the right and in our heavy masculine. And then if you let go of that pendulum, where is it going to go? Of course, it's going to swing all the way over to the left side, which is going to go hard into the feminine. And then there's going to be a time where that doesn't feel good anymore and it starts to feel chaotic. And so the pendulum swings yet again and it dips into the masculine and then it dips back into the feminine. And so the pendulum is about like getting to that place where you're just gently swinging back and forth in like the center line, kind of dipping in and out of the masculine and feminine. And I feel for myself that that's where I am now in my life and my business, but I did have to do the hard right swing and the hard left swing to come to this place. So if you're in one of those phases, know that it's a natural part of the journey and you kind of have to be there because there's valuable lessons for you to learn there. And it's going to help you figure out what your balances with these things. You're only going to know what works for you and what your kind of ratio or split is having had the experience of being hard right and hard left or hard masculine and hard feminine. So I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. If you enjoyed it, please, please, please take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, tag me at underscore Samantha daily and at makeshift happen podcast, or you can copy the link and send it directly to someone that, you know, would love it in a text. Sharing the episode is the best way to help get this podcast into more people's ears and help us build our awareness and grow our community. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with me each week and continuing to listen. I appreciate you and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.